and thanks so much for watching this episode here of Your Revolution Los Angeles. Today I have an amazing guest, uh, Amaya Wangeshi. She's the National Student Coordinator at Students for a People Party. Amaya, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. What about you? Excellent. Pretty good. Thank you so much. Really, really excited to have you on today. Um, I saw your video for, uh, on the Movement for People's Party convention. And I mean, I watched you live too, by the way, and it's blown back, really impressed um, by what you've done, uh, what you were saying, you know, what you're planning on doing. So thank you so much for taking this time out uh, to speak with us. So, you know, just uh, about us, we're your revolution, Los Angeles. And so we want to make sure that um, everybody comes out and that we uh, reform the way politics is done. You, you mentioned on there that um, one thing that struck me, they you said that they said that you're too young when you wanted to participate, correct? And then you said what you think is that what they really meant was that you're too small. And I wanted to kind of hear uh, what you mean by that. Yeah, um, I, I felt really trapped <laughs> at the time. You know, there, were, um, there was just a lot going on and really everyone I asked or, or told me um, just kind of gave me that excuse you know you're too young but um, like you said I, I knew it was just a matter of size because um, that was like their statement was still applicable to themselves you know like even if I, I suddenly magically turned 18 the argument would still be there you know and I think it's just a defense mechanism to protect um, our own interests and in our own heart because the problems that we are facing are, are just so massive and, and they seem because a lot of them are systemic and, and it just seems like we have had this for so long I don't know how to do it so instead of giving it our all and trying I feel like we tend to just shut down um, and protect ourselves because that's it's not good you feel guilty you have a bad conscience so I think we really just um, limit ourselves and, and thus disrespect ourselves by thinking that we are small and, and that our problems are, are too big for us to handle. Wow, and you're and you're so you're saying that like that no, it's just a matter of what you put your focus on, and that's one thing that I think um, is really inspiring um, to everybody. Like you said, not even just the youth, that we all have things on in our life that we think are important, right? And you know, there could be typical things for each age, right? And uh, at that point, you're saying, let's now concentrate on these huge issues. And I think it's amazing that, you know, ev everybody should start right now. Why not? If you're going to be paying attention to anything, let's pay attention to something that's going to help our future. Is, is that what you're basically saying, right? Yeah, I, I think that our biggest enemy is ourselves. There's this African proverb. It says, it's something along the lines of, once the enemy inside is conquered, the enemy outside can't hurt you. And I, I love that. And I, I think it, it's so big um, and, and can play such a, a pivotal role throughout our lives, including in politics, you know. Right. Who says we have to just adhere to, to what's normal and, and to what we're comfortable with. We can always change things and, and we shouldn't um, limit ourselves and our, our own capabilities. Right. So then uh, how was it that um, you became like, you know, progressive and so like actively progressive at such an early age? Like, who, you know, what, what are some of the influences around you? Like, did any of that influence you or, you know, how, how yeah. did, yeah, 
give us a little rundown of how this started because like I said, I want to inspire other youth um, to be just as exceptional. Yeah. I mean, you. if I put it that way, sorry if that like, you know, says a lot, but I really mean that, you know? <laughs> um, I would say I always have to give credit to my upbringing. You know, my mom is brilliant. I, I really um, admire her and, you know, I could talk all day about her, <laughs> but in relation cool. to, the, to the question, being from Kenya, it was, it really just gifted me with um, a different perspective on things. And it really allowed me um, the privilege of being able to see things differently. You know, like I'm first generation American. So um, I don't know, I feel like with that comes a sense of, of variance. And with that, I, I really just was exposed to a lot because, you know, I frequently like go back to Kenya, come back here. Um, I'm, I'm privileged and blessed to, to have um, access to like traveling, you know, so I really just try to keep in the loop, basically, because it's too easy to, to, to shelter ourselves and live in a bubble. So I would say that would be like the, the underlying um, kind of cushioning that allowed me to be um, less ignorant and, and more aware. Um, secondly, I would say we have such a vast, like, I love how accessible technology is here. You know, and I know that's a gift. I know not everyone has that opportunity to to learn and I'm fascinated by the learning whether it's like languages or like um, customs or like really educational things so I think having the like being born in such a technological and and in such a modern time I think it really gave me um, the opportunity to really just globalize and, and see and, and keep what's happening in the world like constant in my mind interesting and so then at what point um you know what time did you notice or or what events occurred that like that you started noticing that politics was something that was important in your life and you know I'm, i guess i'm just trying to figure out you know the the question of like you know where did it all begin yeah um I, if I could give one moment, you know, I don't even know. I feel like <laughs> my whole life, it's just made sense. There wasn't like a moment that made me, like I didn't just wake up one day and was like, this is what I need to do, or this is like a calling I have. It was just, um, I, I really feel like it was always there. And I, I feel like it is always there. You know, I feel like that's a part of um, maybe the problem of thinking that something magically has to to happen and transition us into thinking we're capable. I think it's only a matter of if you have hope. I think it's a matter of if you believe in yourself and if you um, understand and, and have a vehicle to, to create change. You know, like for me, that vehicle was um, women's march. That was actually the first thing. Like when that started, I was like, whoa, <laughs> like, I don't know what this is. <laughs> so um, that was my vehicle, but that, belief in myself and, and, and that trust had always been there. And I think the quicker and the faster that people on a global scale can really just heed their own power, I think the faster change will come. That's, that's great. And I actually spoke with um, one of the uh, creators of, um, of that Women's March that you're talking about. And they were saying about 60% of the participants, that was their first time too. 
So, and I knew it, I knew that from that was going to spark a lot of, a lot of leaders and, and you're, you know, absolutely one of them. <laughs> so I'm wondering then, you know, do you see a lot of difference between um, you and other people your age? Um, you know, did it, did any of this stuff um, distance you from your friends or your friends distance yourself themselves for you? Or did you also inspire some of your friends, um, you know, to get involved? Yeah, I, I think some people were intimidated by me at first, just because um, it's scary. I mean, I was intimidated by, by everything, but I just used my friends as an opportunity to get that word out. You know, I, I think relational organizing is the most important type of organizing. I, I feel like when someone close to you and someone that you trust and you love and you know, tells you something that, that maybe isn't comfortable or, or is kind of you know, like taboo, like we don't talk politics here, like we don't do that. I think that's where the message can really um, be heard because there, there's, you can really just connect with someone and, and you heed and understand that this person cares about you. So you kind of just give them that chance. So actually in middle school, um, I organized a color run like for teenage suicide awareness in sixth grade and that was like oh, wow. my first taste of like organizing and then mm. um, the following year I, I created a little group we called it like GirlCon and it was just because it was rape culture was um, really really big back then so we just supported each other and, and organized for a little bit and it felt really nice you know to have a community of people who um, see flaws within this country and in society and just trying our best to fix them. Wow, wow. That's, that's absolutely fantastic. And so with, you know, even with all that, um, you were actually the uh, youngest speaker at the, uh, yeah, Move for People's Party convention. How did that feel? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I didn't realize it until I was there. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was just like, oh, like, that's pretty cool. <laughs> I just, um, I don't know. I, I think, I feel like the work that we're doing, it, it's not supposed to be like, um, like glamorous or very, you know, I, I try to like steer away from like, you're the youngest person or like, you're like all this greatness. I'm like, thank you. But it really just isn't about me. Um, right. I, I'm, I, I consider it like a win for young people. We had that <laughs> that representative there so i'm very grateful but i'm not necessarily attached to the fact that it was me right so that's one thing that i then that i'm really getting uh, from your overall message is saying even even through this interview where i'm asking you know certain questions that are centric to that um you're saying hey we're all in this we're all in this the same and there could be somebody um you know uh, older that you know will have less experience it's just a matter of the experience the focus on it and so on and so forth um, cause what you mentioned was really important when you said, Hey, look, there's the intimidation factor of people that are, you know, and especially on, let's say, you know, the right wing, <laughs> um, and even some on the left, you know, uh, can get violent. I mean, you know, we see, you know, with protesters, you know, out there and uh, the anti-protest, the, what is it? The anti-protesters that go out there and, and show off their guns and shooting and so on and so forth. And, you know, we're going up against a big political machine. But your message then is to say, hey, don't worry about any of that. We all need to come together and we all need to talk about it because you're right, right? It's a, it, it seems like a taboo thing 
that that we can't talk with our um, friends or our family about politics. What do you think is the best way then to get around that? Like, how do you start that kind of conversation when somebody doesn't believe the same stuff that that you believe? I think the easiest way to do that is to just come forth honestly and and really seek productivity. I think that as a people, we we tend to just bicker and fight over the smallest of things so that whenever it becomes huge and when what we are talking about has some amount of significance or like salience, it it disrupts that because we're so used to to arguing and and to not listening and to not being focused. You know, it's not necessarily about um, complaining. It it is about criticizing because I I see um, with criticizing, it it comes with the expectation of correction, of a suggestion, of a way to, to make things better. And sometimes people just want to get whatever they're feeling off their chest rather than move forward. So I think no matter what we believe in or, you know, all of these little barriers that we've created with labels and titles and, you know, just the way that we have distanced um, and, and put ourselves into isolation. Um, I think if we kind of leave all of that and we just see each other for, for human beings, for, for people apart, the same overall collective species, where we're just trying to um, live and, and make the world a, a good place to live in because right now I don't see that. And to be honest, I, I've never seen it. As long as there is um, persistent and perennial injustice, inequality and, and oppression, then there has never been a great world and there will not be until that is corrected. Right. Wow, that is, that is such a great point that I, never, that I don't really think of, you know, because we do get involved a lot in the back and forth. And, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, were you basically saying that, you know, don't even worry about that worry about the actions that you take and and the rest will kind of fall into place. Is that basically what you're saying in, in a way? Yeah, and with that, I don't want to um, come across as insensitive to pain. I think it is also um, pretty critical to allow yourself time to mourn and, and time to grieve over um, the situations and circumstances that you are, are placed in. Um, I think only in relation to moving forward, you know, it just have a good balance because we need to be empathetic and then sympathetic. We need to understand each other and our pains um, and our grievances. So I think just a good balance. I don't want to say something, um, an extremity of another extremity, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So then, so then with that, um, what are some of the plans, you know, moving forward uh, as far as uh, with the Student for a People Party? Yeah, so we actually had our first meeting last week, and we're just going to be continuing um, laying down the groundwork and the foundation just because it needs to be student-run and it needs to be student-led. And that's where so many organizations get it wrong, you know? Um, If you don't have the voice of, of young people involved in something catered for them, it just simply won't work. So... Um, I'm having everyone who's been interested, who's filled out like the form on our website, um, peoplesparty.org, but like under organized, there's a little students for people's party section. Um, and we're just meeting to establish different committees because like I said, I want it to be very decentralized yet um, very professional and official. I've been a part of so many different 
student um, organizations or movements and I've seen the flaws and strengths of each so I'm very very grateful for that um, perspective that it that it's gifted me with so I think we'll have a good balance and mm. I'm really excited for example then what what are some of the or at least maybe you know name off one of the things that um, that you guys are, are going to be putting forward that's better like you said you know and so so that way they'll know you know for those that are trying to join they'll, they'll know what's going on what, what give me an example of one of those an example of one of our projects yeah or or just more of a you know you know you said right now that oh, you you kind of are aware of how other uh, organization tactics were done and saying that you know you learn from that and you and now with this you're able to be free of that right and and make your own way yeah you can hand it off an example of that oh okay so um i would say one that i've seen consistently would be that with us being young and and a lot of us like being new to politics or not as experienced i think there comes that um burden of like i usually tend to to lead like with a decentralized format i think that's a good way you know very um, democratic people's voices need to be heard and their opinion should be weighed equally um, but with that with all of that <laughs> it, mm. it gets hard because I love a lot of the people I work with <laughs> and you know we talk about like things not politically <laughs> related yeah. or I become friends with them really um, so I feel like that's a thing that happens a lot with young people that boundary with professionalism I feel like kind of gets blurred um, a lot and with that comes a lack of respect so I really want to instill that with we can be we can have a really safe and open and fun community but at the same time we can get stuff done and I feel like that has been kind of a, a big question mark with true student organizations and a project that we are doing I'm really big on political education so oh, right. we're having a, that committee too that's awesome. Well, so I actually then do want to talk about that. So um, political education, I also think that that goes, that that ought to go hand in hand with like journalistic uh, education. And what I mean by that is, you know, from my experience, you know, from you know, politics is seeing that um, there is a bias, even by that claim to have no bias. Um, for, you know, they'll just have a certain slant and they're not actually being honest. And so it's harder for some people to know what the truth really is. And so I know in this country, we do have an issue with uh, journalistic integrity and all that. And I'm, and I'm just wondering if that is something that's on your radar too um, with that. And, and so is that is that anything that, I guess maybe that's my question. Is that something that's on your guys' radar as well? Yeah, I think that there's a lot of propaganda and there's a lot of as you said biased um news so definitely like with comms that's so big and that's where i think communications and political education kind of like interconnect just because you know one is the platform to to use for the other so really just i think education liberates truly i, I think it's such a powerful um weapon really um, and I, I think it can be used for love and, and for compassion so I think the more um, educated we can become the, the farther from ignorance we can flee 
So definitely providing young people with clear, relatable, because, you know, it sometimes you need to hold someone's hand, you know, it's like, or, or right. give them training wheels. So um, I'm very, very big on that. Um, right. And the way that I, I tackle student organizing, there's no shame in, in being new. And just because you're old doesn't mean you are experienced. And just because you're young does not mean you are like, it's anti-thesis. So um, definitely just creating a, a model and a manner where people can digest and relate to what's happening around them is the best way I think for young people. Nice. Totally agree. And so which um, issues, political issues are the most important to you at this point? That might sound like an unfair question, but if you were to pinpoint some of the ones that really catch your interest that you specifically work on, do I speak to that? Oh, sorry. You kind of like, Oh no. Sorry. Yeah. Am I having internet issues this whole time? <laughs> yeah, can you kind of speak to um, which, um, you know, which are the most, I guess, the most important um, issues, political issues right now is what, I, is what I'm trying to ask. Like, are, are, are there certain topics that, that you want to spearhead? Yeah, I would say that's always difficult because everything's wrong. <laughs> Cause, yeah, because they're all super important. Um, but is there is there one specific issue that like you know you're really passionate about that you say hey this is the one I really know a lot about, and so I'm going to head this project and move forward and let's pick up all these people and you know let's <laughs> let's move the voting block a certain way. Yeah, I would if I could narrow it down to one. Yeah, I would narrow it down to being against corruption. I feel like that covers everything. Thing. because you can fight for climate you can fight for um, racial injustice you can fight for um, immigration you can fight for everything but as long as there is a corrupt system in place no matter how like hard we fight it, it won't be corrected no matter how much we vote it also won't be corrected so we have to really just put people in office from the smallest um, capacity to the to the largest one, and, and we can't um, scapegoat one individual or, or one party or one. It, it's really it needs to take a whole village to get what we want, and we heed that there is systemic issues that, and that means there needs to be systemic change. And so I think taking away corporate money and and, and taking away just there's just so much wrong with how um, this country is wired. You know, so I think if we can change that and make it true democracy, where people actually have a say, you know, like the electoral college, like I, why is that here? <laughs> you know, like right. they true democracy, and I will fight for that. All right, that's that's fantastic because yeah, we do need to get money out of politics, and um, I'm really excited to see, you know, what your organization will bring as time goes on. So just uh, one last thing quickly before we wrap up, you have uh, a website, if I'm not mistaken, that is your website, right? Uh, BeyondBernie.org. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so did, and did you start that? Yeah. That's great. Yeah, I was reading it and uh, it has some fantastic stuff that hit home, honestly. <laughs> so yeah, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, um, I kind of, 
So it started within YDSA, like a little like high school group. Um, little, not in the sense of age, of course, but just, it was a small. <laughs> yeah. So I don't want to be called out for that, but, um, and it was just, it was a very odd time after Bernie dropped. It was very like twilight zone. People didn't really know what's going on. A lot of people just, their hopes just fell through like the floor, you know, because we fight so hard. Like we really did fight and we gave it our all and we still lost. And we've seen that throughout with Jessica Screen in Delaware for US Senate, Charles Booker for US Senate in Kentucky. We've had way too many losses. So I think a lot of people just kind of broke. And as disheartening as that was, instead of just falling apart, I really and literally told people, okay, you get this one day, let it all out because tomorrow we, we really just have to start again. So it, it was just born out of that transition. I, I wanted to give a space for young socialists, people who just got motivated and energized by Bernie because I felt back to this like um, the sense of intimidation. I feel like a lot of people and their beliefs were fragile at that point and I didn't want them to be scared off by these really huge big organizations. Mm -hmm. I wanted them to just have a place where they could literally just phone bank and, and call voters for um, candidates who really just um, represent us. That's perfect. And you were and you were saying just now that um, that with this, um, hold on, give me just one second, because so many people honestly felt the way that you felt when uh, when Bernie dropped out and everything. Oh my gosh. And so many people I talked to, you know, first off, when Bernie started it, it really gave voice to the people, right? And once he dropped off, that also disabled a lot of people, even myself. So I'm, I'm, I'm super happy that you're bringing this forward, that you're stepping up. So you mentioned, you know, young socialists, and I, and I absolutely think that's great because I know what socialism means. Unfortunately, in this country, there's still an unfavorable uh, rate, um, unfavorability around the word socialist. And so I'm just wondering if you've uh, come up with anything to combat that, like any kind of messaging to combat that. Read, that would be my <laughs> message. Go read theory, go understand. Yeah. <laughs> even that, that sometimes is, is kind of overwhelming. So I, there's, yeah. there's a lot of ways, um, talk to someone who, who is a socialist so they can break it down. Um, Cause I know not everyone can really like understand like such a difficult piece of of literature but um yeah i would say read educate yourself and, and don't be afraid don't come into it with baggage come into it with a clean slate with open ears and, and an open mind and really just um listen to what it, it tells you and, and just believe in the power of us and um what we can accomplish overall nothing is set in stone that's smart. And I wish everybody thought like you when it comes to this. And I hope that with your influence, um, people as they grow older uh, will. <laughs> so uh, just to wrap up, how can um, students your age or, you know, just people in general get involved in this and where can they reach you? So um, if you're interested in Students for People's Party, you can go to peoplesparty.org. Under the Organize tab, there's a Students for People's Party tab, and just 
read through it, fill it out, and you'll join our Slack and you'll get some few motivating words from me <laughs> just because I think that that's good. And yeah. we'll just welcome you on board. We're really just focusing on creating that foundation um, so that we can start rolling, really. Um, my Twitter is just a mile that's awesome. Okay, and, and we'll we'll have all that in the description box below. Mayo Ngeshi, National Student Coordinator, Student for People Party. Really thank you for your time and, and just the conversation with you is great. So thank you so much. Likewise, this is really fun. <laughs> great. Okay, everybody have a good one. Take care. Hi, everyone. Thanks for stopping by and spending time with us today. We hope you enjoyed the video. Don't forget to hit the like and subscribe buttons and support us on Patreon so we can keep bringing you some amazing content. You can also follow us on social media. Links are all below. We'll see you guys next time. And remember, this is your revolution.